Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. I've always felt that sport is a microcosm of life. Whether it's sacrifice and collective responsibility, managing failure, handling success, I mean, you can go down the list of values that are necessary for success in a team sport environment. And I think those are applicable in, in any organization, any business, any team, any group setting. In a nutshell, I mean, not getting into the weeds, but that is who I am and that's what I've tried to apply moving forward. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, are you familiar with the framework forming, storming, norming, and performing? No, but it sounds like something I should be. Enlighten me, my friend. This organizational psychologist essentially said, these are the stages that people go through as they work together, whether it's a small project, whether it's a leadership team, whether it's an athletic team, a community group. And when I think about my interactions just with internally at Micmac, I actually feel that I'm living that phrase, forming, storming, norming, and performing on a daily basis. And is it just like different functions at different times or based on different people or how familiar they are with the organization or like in any moment it could be changing? Yeah. So like forming a group of people are coming together, storming, it's like, oh, it's awkward or you don't know people, so you don't trust them. So people sort of kind of like misbehave or they can't figure it out. That's the storming phase. Then they kind of get their shit together and they understand how to work with each other, that everyone has good intentions. That's norming. And then finally, it's like, okay, let's freaking go. Let's go achieve results together. And that's the performing phase. Okay. So I'm picking up what you're putting down. (laughs) 
It's actually very interesting. I like it. I like it a lot. And I do anything with either alliteration, rhyming, whatever, anything that's going to be a memory sticker as far as I'm concerned is a good one. But I do like it. It's interesting when at Profiteros, one of the things we've been trying to do is actually have a few people joining during the same week or on the same day so that they can actually go through. I never really thought about it like this, this forming, storming, norming, performing concept together, even if they're not on the same team. And part of it is so that especially if they work in the same geographic location, you actually build friendships a lot faster that way. And it becomes a lot easier to get things done. It makes you stickier. It makes you feel like you're part of a team real super easy, but also getting teams together in person to be able to make that happen. And I never really appreciated the value of in-person time until COVID, just like most of us. But when you start seeing those four stages really coming together And then the performance actually shows and you can celebrate that together. Man, that's just, it's such a high, just such a high. I totally agree. Per your point, I hear what you're saying is like, we're trying to get people physically together. It is so hard to do this in a virtual world. When I think about when it's worked well, I really think it comes down to two things. One is there's a very, very clear North Star. Like, why the hell are we all here? What are we marching towards? And then behaviors, but in a ritual way. Like what are the few things that people can hold on to that actually bring them together? I have a new president and simple thing. What he's brought into the company is put the moose on the table. So instead of the elephant in the room, we're all going to put the moose on the table and we're going to say what the moose is. And that small sort of cultural thing, people have really gotten behind and it's working in a virtual world. Again, this all goes back to memory stickers, but aligning people around a common goal. And I think when you're coaching and you're getting people to rally around something, you've got to find something that's going to be both a unifying factor and a motivating factor. It's all great if we're all one team, but if we don't know where we're going, it's not going to be. You got to do your moonshot. And I think a lot of that is something that Grant Hill has been both a part of as a contributor being on one of the most incredible teams of all time when he was playing for Duke in the early 90s, but also as a leader, as the co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks and leading other people and trying to get people to follow you. So whether that's working, you know, being a part of Coach K's team who had a very clear North Star or leading on his own, it makes it so much easier for people to know what they're doing, why they're doing it, having that common purpose, having that shared consciousness that building that trust just makes it not easier to do, but easier to follow because the roadmap is so much more clear. Well, on that note, let's bring this legend onto the show. Now, the person we have on today needs no introduction. However, you may be wondering to yourself, this is like a podcast about commerce. Why is Grant Hill on the podcast? Well, first of all, if you happen to be living under a rock, let me give you a little bit of context about this guy. Grant Hill has had a tremendous career, first in basketball, starting with being one of the best college basketball players of all time, then an NBA Hall of Famer who played for the Pistons, the Magic, the Suns, the Clippers, now broadcaster and analyst for CBS and Turner Sports, and is the co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks, and is managing director of Team USA Men's 
basketball national team. And I think if that was all, as uh, Eliza Hamilton might have said, it would be enough. But Grant has so much else going on outside of basketball. In fact, he and I co-serve on the board of directors of Campbell Soup Company. He's also on the board of Duke and heads up a real estate venture called Hill Ventures and is on the board of Empire State Realty Trust. So this guy has more side hustles than I have, I don't know, hair on my head, I guess. So you may be wondering to yourself, with 8,000 jobs, how does this guy have time to join our podcast? And it's because somehow this guy manages to do it all and with like the most incredibly calm demeanor ever. So Grant, with that introduction, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And, and, and as you were going through the list of responsibilities that I have, I suddenly got very exhausted. So, so thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got exhausted hearing, I don't even know if that's an official bio. That's just like off the top of my head. I'm sure I missed like a hundred things that you're currently doing right now. Like you're probably like a TikTok star or something like that between you, your wife, your girls, you got a lot going on. So let's first start out. Why do we have an NBA Hall of Famer on, on a commerce podcast? And it's because this guy is just absolutely extraordinary. But one of the things that I love about Grant and I've gotten to to know about you over the course of the past couple of years you and I working together is understanding the parallels between basketball and business and what it takes to build a team. So as you have migrated over your career from player to leader to manager to analyst, like what's that red thread that keeps coming through it all? I retired from basketball at the age of 40 and I just turned 50. So for the last decade, as I have beefed up my business bio, <laughs> official or unofficial, but certainly have taken on a number of roles and responsibilities. You know, I find, Sarah, that so much of who I am and so much of my foundation comes from, obviously, my experience as an athlete and experience as, as a basketball player. And four years in college playing for a legendary coach and a legendary leader in Coach K, and then 19 years in the NBA and during that time, playing for different coaches, different teams, different personalities, some successful, some not so successful, but so much of what I do now and what I've done over the course of the last decade, I'm constantly referencing those experiences, those lessons. I've always felt that sport is a microcosm of life. I can only sort of speak to what I played and what I participated in, but whether it's sacrifice and collective responsibility, managing failure, handling success, I mean, you can go down the list of values that are necessary for success in a team sport environment. And I think those are applicable in, in any organization, any business, any team, any group setting. And so, yeah, in a nutshell, I mean, not getting into the weeds, but that is who I am. And that's what I've tried to apply moving forward. Before I met you, one of the best business books I ever read was actually not from Coach K, so this is not meant to be insulting in any way, it was from John Wooden on leadership. And in fact, so much so that one of the quotes from Wooden is never confuse activity with achievement. It resonates so much at my company. One of our values is achievement over activity. So I think there's just a ton of parallels. Let's get into like maybe one example from the weeds, the parallel between sports, management, leadership, like what is that athlete mentality or that team mentality that does translate as you think about how you're leading the Hawks as a co-owner? You're not managing the team. 
you got to take a step back. Like, yeah, take like 10 steps back. How do you take some of those learnings as an athlete and apply them as you look at your role in leadership? Well, great question. First of all, I have the book by John Wooden, The Pyramid of Success. And so I'm very familiar with his achievements, but also his philosophy on success. So I won't hold that against you that you didn't reference Coach K's book. I'll give you an example. I think so much of what I learned in sport, and since we talked about Coach K, what I learned from him, you know, it's building culture. What is culture and how do you define that? Which we all have sort of different meetings in, in terms of what that is. But what made him so successful was his ability to invest in people. And whether that was during the recruiting process, him getting to know the athletes that he wanted to bring in and and vice versa, but also understanding the personalities, understanding the talents, understanding what each individual needs for that person to succeed and be the best version of themselves. So there wasn't this sort of cookie cutter approach to leadership. And so much of it is investing in people. It's the time away from the court or the time away from the boardroom, the time away from work, where I I really think you establish a trust, you establish a relationship and understanding of what each other are and what our goals are. And and I believe that that genuinely carries over. You know, I played with a a controversial figure in Christian Leitner. I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with or not, but a lot has been written and said about him 30 years later. But I spent a considerable amount of time with Christian, and I got to know Christian and understand Christian. And so in the heat of the moment, when Christian might have yelled at me or a swear word or whatever the case may be, I knew it was coming from an honest place. And it was coming from a place of wanting the best for me and wanting the best for us as a team. So I think this idea of building culture, building a team environment, investing in one another, being very empowering, very intentional about what you say with your team members, that carries over. Even at Campbell's, you and I, I think the water cooler moments, the social interactions, those times away from the board meeting, I think all of those things that I defined and I tried to describe on a basketball team certainly carry over into a boardroom on that team. One of the things, and this is sort of as a metaphor, but when I played for Coach K, you know, he would talk about a hand had, you know, five fingers and my hand looks very big on screen. (laughs) A hand has five fingers. A basketball team has five players. And so when those fingers are open and the hand is open and you try to strike something, you know, you don't have the impact. If anything, if you hit too hard, you might hurt a finger. And you can see I've hurt a few fingers during my basketball career. But he would emphasize when you bring those fingers together and you form a fist, now you have the ability to have incredible impact. And so I must confess as an 18 year old, slightly juvenile, when Coach K would go into his fist spiel, I would kind of roll my eyes like, okay, here he goes with the fist thing again. But when we were in a game and it was close and we were in a timeout, he would mention the fist. And the fist was a reminder of who we are, a reminder of we're going to do this together. It's easy to talk about that. And it's important to talk about it when when things are good 
and when you're in the preparation mode. And, but when now there's a crisis or now there's uh, a, a situation where the tendency is to go into self-preservation mode when things go bad. So sometimes you need to be reminded, okay, how we're going to navigate and get through this and have success. And so, you know, I could go kind of on and on about team building, but I think that's what I've tried to apply, not just as a basketball player moving on and being in various locker rooms and leadership roles, but also Team USA, Hill Ventures, uh, you know, the various, you know, roles and responsibilities that I have now in middle age. <laughs> well, middle age looks good on you. Oh, Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. I love the analogy of the hand. I have a similar analogy with my team, just a chain link. Mm -hmm. And your only as strongest is your weakest link on the chain. You were talking a lot about time spent, especially time spent away from the core day-to-day. And in sport, you physically do that. And one of the dynamics that has entered the workplace in the last two and a half years is remote virtual work, where time spent physically together is in fact precious. How do you suggest some of the things that you've learned in terms of sport and team building can transfer to a fairly virtual world for folks that are working every day? That's a great question. I'll say two things before I answer that. One, I joined Campbell's board during a pandemic. And so for probably a good year, we were basically virtual. It's challenging to onboard 
in a virtual environment. So I, I understand to a degree, and I live that, at least in relation with Sarah and the work that we do with Campbell Soup. And there's a dramatic difference for me as we started to emerge and have in-person meetings. I also believe wholeheartedly that we are hardwired for connection, for face-to-face connection, not to go into the hunters and gatherers and through history, but I believe sometimes technology can give you a false sense of connection. The reality is that's the world we're in right now, and this is the new normal. I don't know if I have great answers in that because I think I try intentionally to to carve out that time for face-to-face. I think that's important. We kind of get stuck in the world now where we're on this this sort of time schedule. We have 30-minute Zooms or, or an hour Zooms, and, and then we're off to the next meeting or next Zoom. I really treasure those, like I said, those water cooler moments, those mm-hmm. bio breaks or, or whatever, where I believe that it could be very short period of time but I think that's an important period. So maybe carving out virtual social experiences, you know, where, you know, you bring teams together, you bring individuals together. I know we did this a lot during COVID with a lot of our friends and even people we worked with where we would just get on Zoom and catch up. There's a formality, I feel like, that virtual brings to any organization. And sometimes it's important to be informal. And so if you can carve out those those moments in person, if you can do that, great. But if you can't, then if you can somehow figure out or emphasize the importance of weaving that into your schedule, even as a leader, if you have a group a certain amount of time, I know you want to get the most out of that time together. You know, if it's a, it's a hybrid work week and three days in the office, I think it's important to maximize that time, create opportunities for intentional connections. And I think that's even more of an emphasis now in this hybrid environment that we're, we're now living in. I completely agree. My company, we swung to one end of this pendulum. We told people, go live wherever you want. All of a sudden, we had employees in 30 states and three countries. And now I'm, I'm kind of reversing it. I'm trying to create hot cities so people can meet more frequently physically because there's no replication. One of the things that I feel you could probably say a lot is about helping folks rally around a North Star. What I've found in a remote environment is that the thing that actually can unite people is constantly reminding them what they're marching towards. And so in sport, it's very, very clear, right? Like you want to get to the championship. How can people bring that mentality of clarity around a North Star in their business? I think back, and I you know, recently wrote a book and I suggest everybody write a book. It's important to take inventory of your life and what you've done, your success. Wait, wait, wait. You think it's a good idea for everybody to write a book? Well, I think it's a good idea. I think it's an interesting process. It's not everybody's Grand Hill, just saying. I appreciate that, Sarah. I'm not saying everybody will have their book published. (laughs) The exercise of writing your book and learning about the totality of your life and really reflecting on that. And in it, I talk about my first day with Coach K. We were a young team. We were a team that lost seniors from the year before. I was a freshman. I was 17 years old. I started college very young. And the first day, he talked about winning a championship. And he mentioned, we're going to win. We're going to be the 1991 NCAA champions. Now, the team that beat Duke the year before had everybody back and were the preseason number one. 
And I remember looking at Coach K thinking, this man is delusional. Like, I committed to play for this man, and he has no common sense whatsoever. But we ultimately won the championship that year, and everything we did was about that vision, was about that goal that he established from day one. So every time we prepared for a game, certain moments in practice, watching film, uh, just talking to the team informally, it was about, so it was, it was ingrained in us and, and we couldn't forget. And so I think a clear, concise message, but a message that's constantly reinforced to your team is important. And whether that's in person or virtually, you have to understand what you're striving for. You know, what are your goals? What are your accomplishments? And, and so to continue to reinforce that, to be creative in doing that, but it's a constant reminder of why we're taking on this task and what the objective is. And I think along the way, celebrating achievements and successes. You're going to have many successes along the way. You know, sport is very different. Sport, the results are immediate. Oftentimes in business, it's over time. But I think that helps sort of build the morale and the confidence that, yes, we as a group can accomplish whatever this vision that's been set out. I love that because I think merchandising success is in business. Sometimes it is a longer haul. When you only celebrate the moments that have the instant gratification, you actually lose sight of the bigger picture. So I love what you said about, I, I mean, I love a lot of the things you said about Coach Cake. It's legendary. The idea of figuring out how to celebrate both short-term goals as well as long-term goals, as well as painting that North Star of like, okay, guys, we're going to win a championship here. And then, of course, you know, you do. So that makes it a lot easier. I have a question kind of almost like as a follow-up. When you're sitting there in a leadership position, one of the biggest challenges is you've got to create a degree of power distance where if you're Coach K, you're like, you're the bomb. That's it. It's very clear he's the leader. Same thing would be true with yourself in all of your leadership positions. But in some cases, I have struggled where you don't want to be so distant out and be unapproachable. How do you work in things like how to be vulnerable without being weak? I'll give you an example. Literally last night, if my voice is a little weak, this is why. Last night, we had our company holiday party. By the way, it is not being recorded in December of 22. This is being recorded in February of 23. We just got to it a little later. Which, by the way, I do recommend because you actually have the opportunity to not be rushed with the holidays. But anyway, last night, we had our company holiday party. And there's a little bit of karaoke going on. And people are like, Sarah, get up and do it. And I'm like, no, president of the company should not be getting up and doing it. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, like you got to be approachable, you got to be vulnerable. And so like a moron, I got up and sang Stacy's mom, which again, I'm not saying I recommend, but at the same time, it changed the aperture of the whole evening where it was like, okay, you know what? It's okay to be vulnerable in different moments because it makes you more approachable. How do you balance that? First of all, I think uh, having a holiday party in February is innovative. Less stress. And certainly I, I would assume everyone can enjoy a little bit better I think there's different styles of leadership. And once again, we'll talk about my time in college. I played with Christian Leitner. There's another name I'll, I mentioned him already. You know, he was very brash, very direct, abrasive at times, sometimes crossed the line. But the thing that I, I appreciated and I learned about his leadership style at a young age was that he was authentic. Like that's who he was. And so for me as a leader to try to be him, like that wasn't my style. There's different 
approaches, there's different sort of methods, if you will. I believe being vulnerable strategically at times, not all the time, but I think it endears you to people. I think whether talking to your podcast audience and sharing something about my own personal experience, maybe a struggle or something I had to overcome, I think that humanizes you to a degree. I think people can absorb messages better when they have real life examples. I learned that from Coach K. He was very much that way as a leader. I try to do that where I'll use metaphors or real life examples and sometimes, you know, personal where I've struggled or I've overcome or whatever the case may be. I don't know. I feel like people appreciate that. This idea of servant leadership is being authentic. It's engagement. It's communication, uh, which is important. But I think it's also at times, you know, being vulnerable and vulnerability, I think, is, is a sign of strength. For years, we've probably looked at that as a sign of weakness. But I think to be vulnerable, to be open and honest with a loved one, with a teammate, with a group that you're leading is really, truly, ultimately a sign of strength. So I, I don't see that as a problem. I don't think you want to be vulnerable all the time. But I think to sprinkle that in throughout your time, throughout a week, whatever the case may be, I, I think that's important. We probably could do a whole podcast episode on tips from you and when and to and to not be vulnerable. How you talked about amazing players that you played alongside so casually with us, it really made Sarah and I feel included in your career journey. And it was a very effective mechanism, everything that you just spoke about. We got to ask you our famous last question, which is, what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've done a lot of brave things with my career, my life. Yeah, look, and this is probably a safe answer, but it's the honest truth. The bravest thing I've ever done, and it happens all the time, is having children. And I say that as an only child of two only children who knew absolutely nothing about children, about kids, about babies. I was scared out of my mind. I looked at my wife and I wasn't too sure about her maternal instincts. And so I was worried because I know I knew nothing, but she stepped up. I figured it out. And it has been the most incredible, awesome, fantastic role <laughs> of all the roles that I have. It's also been the most incredibly difficult, challenging, frustrating, nerve wracking, all of that uh, that you can imagine. And so, you know, as someone who wasn't sure if I was going to have kids and actually had like thought about that, you know, earlier in life to make the decision to plan for a family was probably, I know people have probably had better answers or different answers, but by all means, that was the bravest thing I've done. And also the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I think when you're combining bravery and rewarding, then that encourages more people to be brave. And considering what I've seen, albeit virtually with your two girls, you've raised some incredibly strong, badass women. So between you and your wife, you guys clearly have, have been nailing it. It always looks easier than it is, and it often is as difficult as it is rewarding, but it is definitely a, both a brave step and not the only brave thing that you've done, and, but something that I think, again, kind of brings more of a personification and the humanity behind who you are. So, Grant, thank you so much for joining us today. The context is so good. We have so many leaders here that are actually that listen to this podcast that some have been in leadership positions for decades and just need a little bit of a change in aperture. Some are new to leadership 
and they're trying to figure their way out and find their own persona. Thank you so much for dropping so much strong, thoughtful context and knowledge. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for those kind words. And thank you both for, for having me on. This has been fun. Well, that was a phenomenal episode, if I do say so myself. I mean, I'm not the guest. I'm just the interviewer. But I think it was great to have Grant on to give a different perspective on what leadership looks like, both as the player, the athlete, and as the leader. I think no matter who you are as a listener of Brave Commerce, you've listened to lots of leaders and lots of players and what it takes in order to do that. We touched on some really hot topics, the importance of what it means to be in person and how to take best advantage of that, what it means to be on a team and holding that those five fingers together in a fist. You do feel like one team, one dream, and you're able to pretty much get anything done. We learned about the importance about being vulnerable and situationally vulnerable. And I think what's been very interesting is we've got a lot of other former guests that talk about each of those things in their own way. The first one that kind of comes to mind for me is Caitlin Thornton, former athlete, now CMO of Gatorade, really being able to take the different elements of his skills and put them together in a very different recipe. And so I encourage you to listen to Caitlin's episode and to listen to many others who have talked about shared experiences, different leadership skills, maybe listen to Lisa Mann, on what it takes to be successful in today's economy. If you haven't already, please subscribe, follow, share, and we'll see you next week. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.